You're listening to Football Day with Mike and Jake on Dynasty Sports Empire. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to Football Day with Mike and Jake. I'm Mike. And I'm Jake. And today we have a special guest on the show in Brett Siegel. Brett, what's going hey, on, how's man? how's it going, gentlemen? Glad to be here. Not, not too much, not too much. I had, a, I had a slow weekend. Didn't really do too much. It was pretty... I had to work overtime on Saturday, so my whole Saturday was just gone to work. So I had a, a one-day weekend, so it was pretty much just laying around, playing my PlayStation. I was playing uh, Cyberpunk <laughs> and uh, re- listening to some podcasts and reading some articles up on the Dynasty Sports Empire on fantasy baseball and actually just actually joined my first one today uh, for, for fantasy baseball in a head-to-head league. Are you you in any so far, Jake, for baseball? I know uh, Brett is. <laughs> I haven't joined any this year. So no, just just the one from last year. Brett, did you get any yet this year? Or no, I did not join any new ones this year. But I am currently in six different leagues in two different formats, and I'm debating whether or not to pick up a team in a format that I don't play in yet. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, after we I talked to you yesterday about just the baseball. Uh, tidbits of the strategy i decided i'm going to join a head-to-head and use your strategy the starting pitcher ideal and idea and uh streaming the the, the hitters that that are in a, a hot streak for the last seven days and just filtering through that and see how that works out for me so i'm gonna give that thing a whirl well best of luck to you it's but, uh it's not easy it's a little bit harder than football but i uh, know it's fun it's a bit of a grind yeah <laughs> i agree i agree so, listeners, if you if you guys are here, you guys are want to play some fantasy baseball. They're filling up quick, and there's a bunch of different leagues that you can join in in uh, Dynasty Sports Empire. And there's there's roto leagues, there's there's category leagues, head to head, you name it. And there's I believe it's 14, and isn't it 16 man leagues? There are Brett? 12, 14, 16, 24, and 30 man teams. Uh, or or there's there a 30 is man a 30 team, team league. It is considered a, a deep league. Um, the rules are slightly different. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I don't want to get too far into baseball here, but um, uh, it, it is brutal when it comes to drafting because you you end up drafting people you didn't. I mean, we're, we're basically drafting. You drafted we're, me. We're drafting 16-year-olds <laughs> out of the Dominican Republic and Venezuela. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's absolutely that's crazy. I'm not kidding. <laughs> but please, that's I couldn't imagine being in a league like that. I would just lose my mind. I I don't even know what the heck would be going on at that point. Like, there's only so much research I can do for players, and to dig that far deep, I'm just throwing darts at a yeah, dartboard it, at that point for, for me. It's anyway. challenging. It's not at least with football, you always have a chance on the waiver wire to to grab a free agent week to week. So. That's very true. That's very true. Well, feel free, listeners, give us a, a follow on uh, Twitter. It's going to be at Football Day Pod. And um, Brett, what's your Twitter follow? Uh, I am on Twitter at B A S I E G E L 6 8. That's B A Siegel 6 8. Awesome. And we'll have that stuff all in the description as well. So it's really appreciated. Give us a follow, give us any feedback, input. Any, any way you can make this uh, the show more about you guys, we'd love to take some questions. I know two, two uh, segments ago we had a Twitter question that we talked about on our podcast, and we'd love to love to have more of those. So, listeners, please just shoot us a question on, on Twitter, and we'll get you guys more involved and 
we we love we love getting questions because yeah. that means someone's listening, right? Yep. That's that's all we want to hear. But today we're gonna primarily go over uh, the top free agents. Is a bullet point those real quick. Most of you guys already know who they are, but we're gonna make uh, a few quick speculations of where we think they're going, along with a handful of the top free agent or top teams with the most free agent money that will have the best chance of of securing one of these guys. And then after that, the main part of the show is us three all pick the team. And Brett's got the Rams, I've got the Eagles, and Jake's got the Packers. We're going to dive into their salary cap situations, especially um, teams like Packers, the Eagles. I'm not quite sure how the Rams are, Brett, but just digging themselves out of the cap because I know both the Packers and the Eagles are pretty much – they're not in a good situation right now. So we're going to go over a few different scenarios where they could get themselves out and get some – actually get some spending money to use if they if they need to. So we're going to dig into that. Guys, do you want to start out, Jake? What do you what do you want to think about the the salary caps? Or not the salary caps, the free agents. What's your top free agent? Uh, well, the top free agent really is uh, Allen Robinson, I think, because Dak Prescott's more than likely getting franchise tagged. Uh, it's, where is Allen Robinson going? Is he going to get franchise tagged and trade traded like – the Bears are hinting at doing, or is he going to go to a contender right out of free agency like he, what, like he wants to? He's chasing that ring, so it'll be real interesting to see where he goes. Yeah, I would love to see him in a, in a good offense because he's been doing pretty well with crap quarterbacks. Yeah. That goes all the way back to Blake Bortles. <laughs> yeah, he would He would probably be, a, I think, a top five wide receiver if he had a legit quarterback. Yeah. Instead, he's a top ten receiver because he's been dealing with shitty quarterbacks his True. whole career. True. It's just insane what he's what he's been able to put up. Um, other than that, I mean, Kenny Galladay is probably going to be franchise tagged. So then if you want, if you're looking at your next big offensive player, it's going to be Juju or Aaron Jones. I think they're both leaving their spot, their spots. Yep. I don't, I don't see them coming back because Pittsburgh is, they're just as bad. They were worse than the Packers in salary cap. I believe they're like dead last almost. Yeah, I believe so. So uh, he's more than likely not coming back. And Aaron Jones is more than likely gone unless he takes a very team-friendly deal. I know they were going to restructure Devontae Adams' contracts, but they have a lot more issues to deal with than just that, which I'm sure you'll touch on when yeah. we talk about the Packers. Brett, do you, do you have any big free agents out there that you, you want to kind of see where they're going? Well, I'm going to have to go to the defensive side of the ball here. Uh, and I am going to be talking about the Rams later, but the Rams are most likely, or well, they kind of need to, they're going to have to lose John Johnson jr. Uh, or the third. I don't remember which it is anymore. These days it keeps changing, <laughs> um, but John Johnson is a, a top tier safety. Now uh, after the last few years, uh, there's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. I suspect by the time free agency is over, he will be, one of the top five uh, paid safeties in the NFL. So that that's a big catch. Yeah, for I can see that. He, he definitely deserves it. Now, I know you'll talk about when you talk about the Rams, but do you think Taylor Rapp is just going to just take over then and just kind of excel? I know he got hurt towards the end of last season, been, but he might. Taylor Rapp's been a bit of a disappointment uh, in terms of playing time right. and production. I think he has the talent to be a number one uh, uh, safety. The, the problem is, is that, John Johnson was playing strong safety and Taylor Rapp was playing free safety. And I don't know if Taylor Rapp can make that right. transition. So they're going to, they, they possibly are going to have to go out in free agency and find somebody, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. That's kind of, yeah. Cause I, I kind of, I'd be watching some, some Ram games and 
oftentimes I'll see Taylor, Taylor Rapp basically like playing like with the linebackers, like in that spot. And like, I mean, that's gonna be a tough transition if you're going to go to strong safety because uh, then I don't know, but that's, that's just my take on Taylor Rapp. And it also, I also have him in Dynasty, so I kind of was getting pretty frustrated with him. <laughs> I, 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 have him I have doing? him in Dynasty on, I think, three different teams. And uh, it, it's just a, a stash and save situation for the last couple of years now. Right. Right. Thankfully for me, I had Kyle Duggar I drafted in the last round of uh, the Dynasty Sports Empire's rookie draft. And that, that came to fruition towards the end of the season. He was getting – like 70 to 85 percent of the snaps and he was doing something with it so it's kind of gave a little bit of hope for losing taylor rap but other than that jake any any other big time no like chris carson chris chris carson he's is he's he's more than likely gone which is gonna be an interesting <laughs> situation for seattle because didn't they just have one of their offensive linemen the like four-time pro bowler just retire or today or yesterday i believe it was i didn't check the name but i swear yeah, I- I saw something about one of the Seahawks linemen retired. I'd have to check into that one, but Chris Carson is not who everyone thinks he is, actually. He's just not as good <laughs> as uh, he, he once was. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he's more than likely gone. It's be the Carlos Hyde show, and if Rashad yep. Penny can keep his legs not broken, yep. he'll be there too. Um going through going through the next tier of free agents, I'd say Marvin Jones is the more interesting target there. I think he's, he's, an, in, he's another one that also went to Twitter and said he is chasing a ring. Oh, so he's not going to so, go to Matt Stafford. He, I, uh, he may, he may because that's a, I guess yeah, he's it's the, a good offense. Yeah, true. And you, you got a, a great defense really. Cause I've heard that so, he's going to go to the Rams and play with Stafford well, on a cheap deal, but who knows? I'll cover that. I have, What's I'll, up, Brett? I'll cover that. And when I get to the Rams, <laughs> I have my theory on that. And I, I'm not as uh, optimistic about that as you guys are. Sure. Sure. Which I mean, makes sense. I mean, it's just kind of just more of just the storyline scenarios. Um, yeah. Other than that, I don't see anybody yeah, that's that... pretty, that's real, real interesting. And I mean, for the for the salary cap situations, as far as who has the most money, Jake. I mean, we obviously have the the Jets number one, and uh, the number two. The, the Jags are oh, actually Jags number, number one. one. Really? Yeah, yeah. The Jaguars. Oh yeah, the Jaguars have about seventy million dollars to spend. <laughs> yeah, I see that 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 could be interesting. Yeah, they could they could really put together a great nope. team with nobody's talking about the Jaguars picking up anybody. Yeah. They they could put together a great team quick. New coach, number one pick, and all the money to spend you want. It could be real interesting. Yeah, according to, so real quick, Jay, just I'll go ahead, Brett. Say, sorry. According to the numbers here that I'm looking at right now, the uh the Jaguars are have the most uh, effective cap space with seventy seven and a half million. The Jets at sixty, almost yeah. sixty eight million, and the Patriots just a little more than sixty two million. After that, it falls off huge yep. to the Colts. Right, and they're going to need to right. do something to protect uh, their new investment. So I'm sure they'll be active. Right, and the Colts got a good team to build around, so they can get an offensive line. Yeah, go after Trent Williams, who's a top free agent. That would be very interesting if they could land that, because then. Jeez, that could be that could because the Colts they got a nasty defense. Yep, they got a great defense. You got a good running back. You got a good 
young you got a few good young wide receivers they could be interesting yeah i mean carson once i mean he he was some he was good at one point let's be honest his offense was trash last year and yeah. his his offensive line couldn't stay healthy I he's mean, someone much, he's someone in redrafts i might actually i think he's a top 12 in heavily i think he's a top 12 fantasy quarterback next year if they can revamp that offensive line cuz yeah. everything around him's Pretty, I mean, minus the receivers, depending on the the health situation with Paris Paris Campbell. Yep. Or I mean, not Paris Campbell, Pittman. No, Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Paris Campbell. Campbell. Paris Campbell. And I mean, I have some theories on Zach Ertz, and that's a pretty decent landing spot too. Is Zach Ertz to the Colts? So we'll see what they do with that. I think Carson Wentz is. Uh, and then I'm from, sorry to interrupt. I, I think Carson Wentz is going to have the same resurgence no. that uh that uh Tannehill had. I think that in in Philadelphia he was. He was constantly under pressure, always getting sacked, hit all the time, even after throwing the ball. I think he had bad coaching uh, in terms of what his capabilities were. Just like Tannehill went through so many offensive coordinators and head coaches, I, I think Wentz was kind of dealing with the same thing. And, and the, I had just read that uh, he and, and uh, Peterson didn't even speak uh, for the last, like, three months of the season. Yeah, for a week at a time. For like, for, like, months yeah. at a time. So I, I think now that now that he's going to be back with Frank Reich, uh, I, I think he's going to he's going to have a bit of a really nice resurgence next year. Yep, I 100 percent yeah. agree. And that's a lot of people are sleeping on Carson Wentz this year because they think he's a bad quarterback. But that's the guy you can get late in your drafts that could really pay off because he's going to be a top 12 quarterback. I think he was. He's what is it now? Three years removed from an MVP caliber season. If he didn't get hurt, right. He could put up some great numbers. I mean, name a one receiver on that team that could be a wide receiver two on most any teams. Yeah, they, right. They had Travis Fulgham, which was their best receiver, I think. If you want to talk about like people that weren't injured, yeah. They have Jalen Rieger, he's gonna be good once he's healthy. And Art Seal Whiteside, he's can't stay healthy either. And then I'll talk about it later, but Deshaun then, Jackson yeah. already got released. Then you got the retreads, Desha- Deshaun Jackson, Elshon Jeffrey. They're gone. Yep. They're gone. And this round down, we got Washington's the next one, and then the, the Bengals, the Broncos, the Panthers, and the Chargers. I mean, I think like, I've said it almost every podcast, but this draft is going to be nuts. There's going to be a lot of trades, I think. It's going to be very active, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And we could put, we're going to have, what, you think, like 12, 13 different starting quarterbacks in the NFL? I think we in one of our podcasts we decided it was going to be about 15. Dang, that's so many. Yeah. How many, how many quarterbacks ballpark, Brett, do you think are going to be brand new quarterbacks for a team? I don't think it's going to be as many as we all think, unless there is a frenzy for Watson and Wilson. But generally speaking, sure. I mean, I remember the days where quarterbacks sat on the bench for a year to learn. And I know now, I know now the pressure yeah. is you draft them in the first round. You want to, you're, you're going to have to play. You got to play. Because otherwise you're not going to get your money back. Um, I think that right. I think a lot of these guys that are are looking to go in the first round as a quarterback, I think a lot of them are going to slip to the second round. I think once the draft starts, you're going to see a lot of linemen, uh, offensive and defensive, start going uh, more so. And I, I think a lot of yeah. these quarterbacks are going to drop back into the second round, and that takes the pressure off of a franchise to start them right out right out of the gate. Yeah, that's true. All right, I did hear some rumors. I think it was today or yesterday about Drew Locke also leaving. I was like, "What the heck?" Like, okay, because they were they were uh, 
looking at Watson, but they don't have the assets to be able to move to get Watson. So I don't know what they're quite thinking. Yeah, who, who knows? You got these quarterbacks, the quarterbacks of these teams that are being like, basically like, do Sean Watson replace you? You got to think there's going to be a little bit of pushback with their agents. But who knows? We will see. Um, Jake, Brett, who wants to start off with uh, – how about you, Brett? Do you want to start off with the Rams? What, sure, you, I can absolutely dug up? do that. Not a problem. Nice. I was actually excited to hear about this. The Rams are probably in one of the worst spots salary cap wise in the NFL. They are actually after the after the uh, uh, Stafford and Goff trade, they are twenty five point two million dollars over the cap, and they have and they have thirty point eight million dollars in dead cap space to deal with. So they are, I think, only the. I think only the Saints and the – let me think, who is it? The Saints and the Eagles are in a worse spot. So, yeah, yeah the Saints, Saints and the Eagles. Eagles. And I, I think the Saints is tied to Breeze. So, if Breeze, if Breeze calls and right. quits, then it's not really an issue for them. Right, they're going to restructure right. it. And so, they'll be, they'll be in fine. dealing with that negative cap space, uh, the first and foremost thing is, is – I need to, I need to, we need to address who's probably on their way out because those contracts are all going to go bye-bye. Um, very briefly, uh, running back Malcolm Brown, there's no need to bring him back with, uh, with Henderson and Akers there. Um, Josh Reynolds is right. probably gone because the Rams do need a receiver, but they need a speedy one. I'll get to that later. Uh, both tied or not both, but two of their tight ends, Gerald Everett and Johnny Munt are probably going to be gone. Center Austin Blythe is going to be gone, and that is a problem because the Rams' offensive line is kind of a mess right now. Uh, yeah, they're going to lose uh, Samson Ibukum and Derek Rivers, most likely. Defensive end Morgan Fox. Cornerbacks Troy Hill and Darius Williams are both going to probably be gone. Safety uh, John Johnson is most likely gone. And uh, their long snapper is also gone, but I do believe they already signed a long snapper from San Francisco. So, so gotcha. And they're really dumping that. Yeah. Well, so now that, now that you see those guys that are leaving, um, now you got to free up cap space because you can't even go after free agents unless you free up that cap space. So I came up with five ways the Rams can free up cap space. Um, of course, I'm not the GM, and they're probably not going to listen to me. But um, <laughs> not yet. First not. and foremost, they need to restructure Aaron <laughs> Donald's contract. Um, it's going to help them in the in the immediate mm-hmm. uh, in terms of cap space, but it's going to put some pressure on them in the end. Um, the problem is, is that you're not going to be able to trade them later. But I don't think that's an issue. I think they're all in on Aaron Donald forever. Right. Um, yeah, they're fine but, with him. But by prorating that salaries and the bonuses, um, like I said, it's it's going to hurt your future salary cap. But it totally falls in line with the win now philosophy. Um, based on the math that I did mm-hmm. on one of the cap site websites, uh, by restructuring his contract, you could save fourteen million dollars right off the bat. That's, oh, huge. Geez, yeah, right. that's huge. Now that is they also huge. signed Jalen Ramsey last year to a massive contract. Guess what? they need to do the same thing with him as they're going to do with Donald. Um, Again, you prorate his salary and his bonuses. You're not going to be able to trade him. It's going to hurt your future, but it falls in line with that win now philosophy based on the re right. Yeah. And based on the research I did, 
that saves them another $13 million. Right. So that's almost 30 million right. combined between now, the two oh, of them. There, there's a, there's a real big one here at the end, but I'll, I'll cut to two quick ones. Um, linebacker, Kenny young, um, the Rams got a new defensive coordinator in, in Raheem Morris. And I don't think Kenny young is going to fit into that, uh, uh, into that, that defensive philosophy that Raheem Morris is going to bring, uh, letting him go or cutting him mm-hmm. is going to save $2.2 million in cap space. Um, they need to they're gonna to have to do a lot of work on the offensive line and um i i looked into this real close but by cutting right tackle rob haverstein um who happens to be pretty good but you know uh in terms of the entire league <laughs> he's probably mediocre but he does a decent job but here's the thing if, if sure. you cut him before june 1st sure. you save 5.2 million dollars if you cut him after june 1st you save $6.7 million. And they do have depth on their offensive line. It's just not good depth. But I'll get to that in a little bit as well. And here's the beauty. Here's here's the one that, that gets me. Matt Stafford. We all know that the Lions wanted to get rid of that contract as bad as the Rams wanted to get rid of Goffs. Um, if you restructure yeah. Matt Stafford's deal, you can save $4 million. But if you add a void year onto the end of his contract, you're going to lower that cap hit this year alone from $20 million to 4.86. And I actually got, yeah, and I got that from a a Jason Fitzgerald article uh, that was written at uh, overthecap.com. He wrote a pretty big article when those two guys swapped and he talked about contracts. So in total, you could save about $15 million by cut by, by adding a void year onto Matt Stafford's contract. Again, though, you're not going to be able to move him at the end because of that void year. Not that I think they want to because of his age, is, they're not going to be able right. to, but all in all that saves you close to $50 million. And remember, they're only 25 million over the cap. So, so, Right, so they so can now, get a nice offensive lineman. Twenty-five million dollars to work with is the way that I see it. So, with twenty-five million, right? Here are the biggest needs for the Rams. Um, first and foremost, they need an inside linebacker. Um, they're <laughs> they're going. They, they don't have yeah. an inside linebacker to speak of right now. And I heard you. I think it was Jake mentioned uh, Avery Williamson from the Steelers earlier. Um, he filled in for Devin Bush last mm. year and was fantastic. I think he is a perfect fit for the Rams. And if the Rams can't afford him, all they have to do is look to the other locker room in the stadium. And Denzel Perryman is available in free agency this year. So I think either one yeah. of those two fills that <laughs> problem. Um, they need an edge rusher. I didn't mention Leonard Floyd before, but I think Leonard Floyd is probably going to go to free agency. I don't. I think because of the year he had, the Rams are not going to be able to afford to keep him. Um, and Ibukum is also right, a free agent, but he's probably not worth signing. Um, he's done some good things over the years, but he's not consistent. And they need they need a consistent edge rusher. Um, I really don't know who they need to go after, but they they need to uh, they need to address that. And then there's the um, I mentioned Austin Blythe before. Um, so center is a problem. He moved from guard to center last year. He wants a long-term deal. Uh, at least he's made that, uh, his wishes known from what I've read. 
he's average at best, and his replacement is Brian Allen, and he is pedestrian, if not below average. So I think so. I think the Rams have to find yeah. a center. And let's be honest, you don't go out and get Matt Stafford if you're not going to protect him. So, right, right. He's in the last and four then games. You have the offensive <laughs> tackle problem, uh, specifically left tackle. You've got Whitworth right now, who's going to be 40 years old. And as good as he is, he is not going to be able to. Um, he's not going to be able to to maintain uh, uh, the. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I just can't play. see him working out the whole season. You know, injury free and and and. No, once yeah, he gets to that age, level, like it's, right? You don't age so like Tom Brady. They need to do, I think they. I think Whitworth Whitworth's not going to be a free agent. So I think if you moved him to right tackle. Cut Haverstein, like I said, you could now go out and sign a guard. There's a few out there. There's a, I believe I'm, I'm more kind of Brandon Shef, or Sheriff is, a, is available. Joe Thunley yeah, is available. Yep, yep, yep. Lane yep. Taylor is, a bit, is available. And John Feliciano is available. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Those are guards. Uh, left tackles, Trent Williams and Alejandro Villanueva are both available for left tackle. So I, I think what the Rams got to do is they got to move people around. I think they need to move Whitworth to right tackle. They need to right. go after Trent Williams or Alejandro Villanueva, who are, are both experienced, all pro and younger. Um, and they'll probably be there as long as Stafford is there. Um, I think for the guard situation, um, those four I mentioned before would, would be good. And then the Rams still have two more problems. You can see why this is an issue. So you've got a uh, cornerback is a problem. Jalen Ramsey is the only one that's left under contract. Troy Hill is an unrestricted free agent and Darius Williams is a restricted free agent. I don't think they're going to be able to afford to keep either of them. So they're going to have to go after a cornerback. And then last but not least, you guys mentioned a receiver. Here's the thing. They've got two really good possession receivers in Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. They need a guy on the outside that can stretch the field. They need a speedy receiver. And although they have Justin Jefferson, I was looking at his stats on uh, Pro Football Focus. And although he does line up on the outside a lot, he does most of his damage when he's coming across the middle and, and underneath. So I don't think he solves the speedy mm. outside receiver problem. So I think they need to go after – an outside receiver. And if you, if you look at the fact that they're 25 million over the cap now, but you can save 50 million by making the changes that I've kind of outlined, you know, you can start to re-piece this team back together at least for, because they, they have right. to win now. That's their biggest problem. Yeah. And that's, that's huge is the win now part is they have such a, they basically have a, <laughs> A real small window that to make I mean, a really good playoff push. How long do you think Stafford's going to be good for? And I mean, I'm I'm calling it three years. See, yeah, I, two I, years. Yeah, two I was going to say right, right. Four and years. I, I figured four years was a little pushing it. Two years is probably conservative, so I settled on three. Yep. Yeah, I yep. agree with that. And what's huge about that is that it's so essential for them to build that offensive line because we everyone saw how many injuries that Stafford played through towards the end of the last season. Like it was like a whole like book of different injuries he had. I can't even like list them all. Yeah. Like he 
you can't let right. that happen the, again. Like the, you got to protect them. I think the biggest them. advantage. Well, I I know there's two advantages for Stafford over Goff, and one of them has to do with the offensive line. I think Stafford's smart enough not to take mm-hmm. a sack or make a bad throw, where Goff Goff didn't have that. I agree. In his head, uh, he 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 didn't see the field the way right. that Stafford sees the field. Which is also another reason they need that that speedy receiver because if Stafford just has to launch one downfield to avoid pressure because th- those routes underneath aren't going to be uh, they're not going to develop as quick as I think he's going to want them to. Um, so he's going to just have to loft a few mm-hmm. downfield. He's going to need somebody to get underneath it uh, when that rush comes. Uh, no, not only that, but Stafford's played. He he's played a. Uh... He's he's had a lot worse offenses that he's done well in, so I feel like he's gonna settle in really right. well. Right, I think the biggest problem, uh, aside from the personal issues that I have read rumors about that I won't comment on because they're kind of disturbing, but I, I think some of the the issues that um, McVay had with Goff was is McVay's in it. Mc, McVay is in Goff's oh. ear <laughs> up to fifteen seconds before the snap, and I think what was happening was is teams were deliberately disguising their defense until after that 15 seconds was there. And then they would, they would adjust and then Goff would not be able to make the, the calls at the line and, and make the adjustments. I just don't think Goff had the football smarts to do it. I think Stafford does. So I think that's, I think that's going to work that's really a good well point, for, actually. for Stafford and McVay. That's yeah. So I didn't even think about that. Cause that makes a lot of sense. Cause I mean, he's just not like a, has that football IQ to build a game manager right. without and someone I, telling him to do. I think will be a good NFL quarterback yep. in the long run. I just think that McVay was getting frustrated. Like, you know, you tell him what you see, yep. and that's all well and good. But if the defense is waiting until the last ten seconds to change their look, it, Goff had just no. It, Goff had no clue. I, I saw it time and time again. Listen, I'm a Rams fan. It's I was over. watching pretty much every game, and I was just – I was as flustered as McVay. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see that. Wow. So the Rams yeah. are in tough shape, but they can get out of it. But it's going to take um, a lot of help from Aaron Donald, Matt Stafford, and Jalen Ramsey in restructuring uh, their contracts to get themselves out of it. Yeah, and you got to think – the three best players on that team, you think they, they're going to work together and understand that and they're going to restructure to get their team in a better situation for yeah, better I, Super Bowl push. I think Stafford so I, I would, would be the easiest would do one that. to add the void year. Um, I think that with Ramsey having signed right. just last year, it may be off-putting for him. We know that he has that uh, – He has sometimes he's had attitude issues in the past. I think Aaron Donald wants to win bad enough yeah. that he'll make the decision to let them restructure. So – Yep. We'll see. So that's what I got awesome. for the Rams. So, perfect. Jake, All Packers. Right. <clears throat> Packers time. So as Brett kind of pointed out, there's got to be a lot of a lot of moves, a lot of restructuring that's going to happen. Um, as I was playing around with, with uh, ro- uh, manage, uh, roster management tool on SpotTrack, yes, on Friday actually, um, I came across some, some moves that I thought the Packers would make. And then turns out on Saturday, they made two of them already. So my first two moves were released Christian Kirksey and Rick Wagner. 
and that saves you about 10 million. Uh, then I decided Devin Funches, we don't really need you. That saves us another almost 1.4 million. And then Dean Lowry, we, the, the Packers never should have gave him a big contract to begin with. So cutting him next year or this, this off season will save you 3.3 million. And then I decided let's restructure Rogers. Uh, you, you, you got to do it. And I think he's going to see that you got to do it to stay a, a contender. And that'll save you right around uh, you know $9 million. Dollars. You know what that also Restructured. does? Restructure. him at quarterback and all that garbage about drafting one goes bye-bye yeah. because they're not going to be able to move him if they restructure his contract. Yep. That, that yeah. definitely guarantees at least one more year in Green Bay. At least one more. So then uh, restructuring Zadarius Smith, I decided to do, and that was $4.6 in savings. And then restructuring Adrian Amos, which is right around $2 million in savings. I didn't at this time restructure Devontae Adams, but that would save, I, I believe it was right around 4 or $5 million. And then... The one, the one move I made, I don't know that the Packers will make it right away, is releasing Preston Smith. Because you release him without the June 1st designation, you save $8 million. Releasing him with the June 1st designation saves you 12 Now, if you release him with that designation, you don't get that money till June 1st. And they need to save the money now. So that'll that's going to be a very interesting um, move. We'll, we'll see what they do. That'd be crazy if that happens, though, because you, you nailed in the head. That could that's that's likely the path that they need to do. Yeah, I think I think they're going to have to do it, but we'll we'll see. And then I I saw so they got key free agents like Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams. Corey Lindsley, the one of the top centers in the league. Um, I mean, they they lost Kevin King, but is that really a really a big deal there? Um, so then I picked I picked four free agents that they'd sign, or I should say, re-sign, and that's Corey Lindsley. I think they're gonna at, at least franchise tag him, if not, just sign him to a long-term deal. Um, Mercedes Lewis. I think if he decides to play another year, they're going to just sign him to a vet min, which is about a million dollars for for the season. Um, Alan Lazard, they're going to get him back real cheap for under a million dollars because he was an undrafted free agent, so that kind of screws him over on his yep. on on his money. And then I think they re-signed Lane Taylor to just a. Uh, a short-term deal, cheaper deal. He's going to hang on to Jamal Williams too? I don't know that they're going to have money to – I mean – That's a crazy part. Just with with those four signings, they're getting pretty close to – I think it was like $6 million left in cap space, and you need right around $3.5 million to sign your draft picks. So I think – So – they got to restructure Devontae Adams yeah, to keep Jamal Williams. For sure, they got to restructure Devontae, and then it. We'll we'll see if they can, if they 
release Preston Williams with the June 1st designation and they can get a free agent to just do a handshake agreement until they can get the money to sign him. <laughs> I mean, it, it's going to be an interesting one for the Packers. They're at, with the after the moves they've already made their I believe it's 11 or 13 million dollars still in the hole. So they got a long ways to go, but it's it's a lot more manageable than the Rams and the the Eagles. I kind of want to pedal back a little bit because obviously that JJ Watt scenario, people are saying he's the Packers are one of the landing spots. But what you just said, it makes it very hard for them to be able to find room to sign at JJ yeah. Watt. And boy, have the rumors really came yeah, out like- after the Kirksey and Wagner uh, cut everyone thinks that the Packers are getting him. And unless he just takes a very team-friendly deal, it I just don't see it happening. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing, like, we're talking about salary cap right now, but most football fans don't have a clue about their team's salary cap situations. They think it's they're playing Madden, and they can just go ahead and just, just get their favorite player, whoever they want. But, like, they don't understand, like, yep. these different situations. Now, now the one thing that's going to be interesting – um, the NFL is still trying to up the, uh, TV, the TV deal that they have. It's going to go from 70% to a hundred percent profits. I believe it was if I, if I read it right. And that's gonna, that could possibly affect the 2021, salary cap so we could still see a bit move bit of movement in the salary cap which would help all the teams that we're talking about right now but more than likely it's not going to affect salary until uh 2022 when it's more than likely just going to skyrocket so we could see some we could see this year a lot of one-year deals just cheap deals and then everyone gets paid next year so you're basically telling me most Packer fans are going to be very upset with this this, this offseason because there's, there's, their hands are tied. There's not much the well, Packers can do. More than likely. I think COVID's I don't see a got lot a big happen. thing to do with, with how much money these teams are going to make. And uh, if they continue to lose attendance or gate receipts and they continue to lose concessions, you know, I, I, don't, see, I don't see an explosion in contracts next year. They're going to – I, I know they lowered – They yeah. initially they said they were going to lower the, the, the number to like 175,000 or 175 million. It came up to 180. You know, that they're going to they're gonna lower it again next year if, if uh, the pandemic doesn't end and you don't get every rear end in a seat. Right. So, Agreed. I guess it's just – it's wishful thinking. And what's going to suck about that is you're also going to see just more players holding out because of this too, which is well, going to suck. I mean, well, let's, have I mean, Taylor Punches is a playing. perfect example in Green Bay. He sat out last year. Um, he, he, he decided to yep. opt out, and now he's never even played for the Packers, and they're almost forced to cut him now mm-hmm. just, to, just to make cap space because of the money that the team lost because of COVID. Right. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's a perfect example. The, the best thing he could do is opt out again for us. <laughs> I, I actually have him in a couple of teams in Dynasty, and I was really looking forward to seeing Rodgers throw to him, but I don't think I'm ever going to see that now. I would... Oh man, I, yeah, we were we were Packer fans. I mean, we're from Wisconsin, so we were we were very happy to see that that signing because I mean he's right. a big body receiver. Kind of reminds me of a Jordy Nelson type. Type, yeah, type it's, it's definitely a what could have been. Be and uh, when Aaron Jones walks out the door, that to me that is 
That is ridiculous. I, I don't understand the priority to sign Jamal Williams again and not keep Jones. Right. It's it's he's just cheap. That's the only thing. It sucks because like in the playoffs they even showcased AJ Dillon over Aaron Jones, which was crazy to me. And like I'm convinced that Aaron Jones didn't get hurt in that last game. He fumbled and they sat him, and it was the AJ Dillon and Jamal Williams showing it. Like they're right there told me they're not going to resign Aaron I, I Jones. Think, There's no way. I think that um, if then, they, I'll tell you what, if they restructure, um, far or far, <laughs> if they restructure, they restructure uh, Rogers' <laughs> deal. Um, I think he's going to say you you better take the money and keep Jones here. Because I'm I'm not convinced that yeah. uh, AJ Dillon is the uh, is the answer. I mean the guy's a the guy's a beast, oh, a physical specimen, but that doesn't mean he knows which hole to hit and but, when to when to make a good move. Exactly. You guys, I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. look at Trent Richardson, right? <laughs> and I mean, you got such a small sample size of AJ Dillon. Like people, he had of course that that breakout game that costed me two hundred fifty thousand dollars in my best ball league. Listen, but I think I think we can all agree that AJ <laughs> Dillon reminds everybody of um, uh, he was rushing. I'm I'm drawing a blank. Titans. Rushing leader, Derek. Right, Derek. Henry. Oh, Derek. Everybody. Derek Dylan Henry. reminds everybody of, uh, yeah. as, as the next Derek Henry. Derek Henry, even having a high school right. trophy, did not do anything for about the first three years of his career. And they tried. They tried to give him the ball. He just right, didn't right. figure it out. Some running backs do, and some don't. I don't think Dylan's that guy who's going to be yep. your answer for the next two years. I think it's going to take him a while. And if you ask me, I think Aaron Jones had a lot to do with Aaron Rodgers' success. Oh, 100%. Catch out of the backfield, and he's turned into more of a like a running back, like he could hit the hole and go. He was a big reason why Aaron hey, Rodgers had John a good Elway season. never so won a Super Bowl if, until Terrell Davis was in that backfield. I mean, and that's the, yep. that's the truth, yep, man. You've got to have a balance <laughs> It's not going to happen. I mean, how many Super Bowls yeah. is, uh, did, did uh, Dan got... Marino win? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, yep. On paper, hey, though. I grew up in yep. South Florida after I, I moved <laughs> from Los Angeles. So I, I attended a lot of those Dan Marino games. As a matter of fact, I went to high school about a mile and a half from that stadium. And I got to and I got to tell you, I, I, I grew up a Dan Marino fan. And I just still cannot believe that man does not have a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> yeah, that is that is really crazy to look back and think about, especially that perfect season that went. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. All right, we got about fourteen minutes left, Mike. Let's go to let's go to the Eagles. Oh boy! All right, well we'll do some quick. Uh, we'll start off with that Wentz trade. Obviously, that's. I mean, people thought it was not that great of a trade, right? Because they didn't get too much in in return. But that that those picks could turn to a first round pick if he starts. Was it seventy percent of total snaps? Yeah, it was something like that. But what did uh, what did that cost you? They're like thirty three million dollars in dead cap. Exactly. And your <laughs> and your second your second uh second worst in the salary cap situation. <laughs> so they have uh they need at least two <laughs> shovels to start digging. Especially when they're they're uh they they turn the, the keys over to uh, Carson or Carson Wentz. They turn the keys over to Jalen Hurts to this young mobile quarterback that last year when he was playing seemed like he was running for his life almost as much as Mahomes in the Super Bowl. So that could be a, an issue, especially with uh, his line not exactly being the youngest. So that's going to be 
one of my key parts that the Eagles need to uh, to, to look at this offseason is going to be building around, first and foremost, Jalen Hurts because uh, that team's the only way that team's going to be serviceable and, and keep him alive is to start with that offensive line and build its way out. And that's going to that's gonna take a lot of work. So I'm just going to bullet point some of the res, uh, the restructures that they need to do. And it's going to be Fletcher Cox, they're going to restructure him, Lane Johnson, Hargrave, and Brooks. They're going to need to restructure all of them. And my, my big, bold call, and I think it's going to happen draft day, is they're going to need to – like Darius Slay and Zach Ertz are two prime examples of two, two guys that are getting older, but they're still – they're still good. They're still serviceable. They can start any team. And both of them, especially Slay. Slay. Slay came to Philadelphia because he wanted a chance at a Super Bowl at the time. Obviously, those uh, those, those plans changed pretty quick. So I think they're going to deal them both for whatever they can get for draft pick. Whether it's a third round pick, whatever. They're going to dump those. They're going to dump those contracts. They're going to they're going to get whatever they can out of them. They're going to get a, uh, my 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 guess is I think you're going to see them both going for about a third round draft pick. And it's not going to look good on paper, but that, they, they both hold a, quite a bit of salary. And that's those two are key to be able to, to dig themselves out of this hole is to get rid of Zach Ertz. And Zach Ertz is the easiest one to move because they have Dallas Goddard right behind him. He is, he's been fantastic the last couple of seasons. So I don't think you lose too much uh, getting rid of Zach Ertz. And Darius Slay, almost all teams can use a cornerback. And he's only well, thirty. So could the Eagles. I mean, just so, let's, yeah. let's just be honest. So could the Eagles. <laughs> they could. They, they need a lot of things. Yeah. But they need to start. First and foremost, they need to protect their quarterback because once Jalen Hurts is out, what are they gonna do? Go yeah. on a trade for Nick Foles. Darren Sproles <laughs> is coming back. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna run Wildcat. <laughs> oh boy! Can you... I could see the Eagles bring no, back that. No, no, that's no. a different <laughs> We're not conspiracy theories of the NFL. <laughs> yeah, the circus of the Philadelphia, the circus of that whole division. To be honest with you, and that—that's, anyways, they have a uh, Brandon Graham. He's 33 years old. He's a number two played paid player. They got to release him. Like he's at this point, you're gonna look at your your bets, and you're gonna realize you need to get younger. You have, like I said, a few times. You have Jalen Hurts. You have this, your rookie last year as quarterback. You need to you need to build your team, get young, get fast. I think that starts with Brandon Graham. I mean, he's like I said, the second the second highest paid player, so he's going to open up a ton of cap spaces by releasing him. So I think they're going to do that. Brandon Graham's going to be gone. They re, they were working with uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Malik Jackson. They're going to get them restructured after that that June date, and that's going to actually save them eighteen million dollars. And actually, I believe I read that Alshon actually did officially is going to get released, but Malik Jackson is also. Um, going to be getting restructured and you know just listening to, well. just listening to you i just really feel bit. bad for eagles fans right now yeah right it's a train wreck they're yeah bye bye all the big names yeah definitely it's i mean at least they got jalen hurts i mean he's he's flashy he's he can run he can well pass. they still got miles sanders yep. too as long as he's healthy i mean they have they have <laughs> some bright spots but they gotta dig themselves out of the salary cap situation to give them a fighting chance but if they get that that first round draft pick, if Carson Wentz plays seventy percent of the snaps, which I'm pretty confident he's going to, that first round draft pick will be huge. Yeah, having two next year right. that'll be huge. Right. Uh, another easy one, which I'm surprised they haven't done yet. They're going to cut Marquise Goodwin. He's did he even play last year? I never saw him. I mean, I'm sure he sat on the bench a couple of times. I was shocked when I was just overlooking this roster, just trying to help you out a little bit. 
I was shocked when I saw Marquise Goodwin was yeah. on the team. Yep. And then I think hopefully Jason Kelsey retires. I mean, he's been talking about it. And if he retires, they're going to do what they did with Breeze. They're going to restructure it, but they're going to save $4 million if Kelsey retires. Um, they're going to release Deshaun Jackson, which has already been done a few days ago. And they're going to re-sign. They, well, actually, I was reading on Derek Bar- uh, Barrett. They've been talking about just releasing him, which they could do because they would save a lot of money by doing it. But he's only 25 years old, and, I th- and he was their number one draft pick. So I think it would be smart for them, if they can, to keep him, just to keep the youth and he's good. I mean, he's, like I say, he's 25 years old. I would do what I can to keep Derek Barrett. But there's rumors out there that he's going to be one of the ones to go. But I would rather just – get away with Brandon Graham and keep Barrett. But who knows, but in my, in my situation, I kept Barrett. And I restructured him. I restructured I re-signed him, and I saved $7 million doing that. But before this all started, the, the Eagles were over the salary cap by about $47 million. And a lot of that because of Carson Wentz's dead weight, 30, 32 million. But with all these moves that I did, actually gives them about $25 million to be able to spend this offseason. So some of these things that I said don't don't necessarily have to happen, but if all that stuff does, I mean, twenty five, you can do a lot with twenty five million dollars, like uh, like Brett was saying with his his situation with the Rams. So I think first and foremost, the biggest thing they need to do is they need to find a landing spot for Zacherts and Darius Slay because that'll kind of let everything else fall into play, uh, especially Zacherts. I think he should be the easiest one to be able to move, and a lot of a lot of teams out there need. A uh, tight end, a uh, receiving tight end, because that that position is pretty scarce in the right. NFL, yep. and that's why I think the Colts would be a great fix. I mean, they run a two tight end set, just like the Eagles do. So I think he would I'll be a perfect what, fit. I'll tell you what, moving Ertz might not be as over easy in. as everyone thinks. I think the fact that the Colts did not get Ertz in that trade with Wentz and with Frank Reich, knowing what he is capable of, I think that sent a huge message to the rest sure. of the NFL that. Maybe he's not all he's cracked up to be if if uh, Frank Reich wasn't willing to to make that bet on him, or you know obviously he doesn't make the uh, yeah. office decisions, but he definitely had to have had some kind of influence in it. And I mean, because of course Wentz would want Ertz to come with him, but if the Colts weren't willing to make that deal, I think that sends a pretty strong message to the rest of the teams. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I guess maybe just Jack O'Doyle's their guy. <laughs> O'Doyle rules. O'Doyle rules. God, I haven't heard that in forever. <laughs> <laughs> we we say that every single time we play uh, Zach or Jack Doyle at DFS because he's always minimum price, and we just hope for that that red zone touchdown because he plays a lot of snaps when he's healthy. He plays a three down tight end. It's hopefully he. Just hopefully O'Doyle rules. Hopefully O'Doyle rules. <laughs> Back corner of the end zone. <laughs> we just jump up and <laughs> O'Doyle rules. O'Doyle rules. Oh, man. But I guess the biggest takeaway I could say just from the three teams that we we talked about, I guess not more so the Packers, but like early in the podcast, Brett said it, like I, there's going to be a lot of offensive linemen going this draft early. and I, There's going to be a lot of fans that aren't going to understand how, how much a, an offensive line impacts – your team. Look at Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense. They well, couldn't do nothing with that offensive line. Cause look, they, look at the Packers. You had Bakhtiari, top five left tackle. You had Corey Lindsley, top three center. You had Elton Jenkins, just top five versatile linemen. And the Packers were 13-3. and three. 
Yeah. I mean, line says it all. Build your team in the trenches. Yeah. Start from there, work your way up. Oh, absolutely. What do you think, if you're going to make Brett? a long-term run, you have to have depth and strength on both sides of that ball in the on the lines in the trenches yep. there's no no doubt about it for me if you can i don't care how good your quarterback is if you can't protect him it it's it's pointless it's pointless i mean we all listen yeah, i realized the super bowl was only one game but patrick mahomes set like a stat or a next gen stat record for most yards run in scrambling in a in a game and in a game <laughs> yeah 500 yards super bowl, in a game the man was running for his life and that they, he he didn't have either of his starting yep. tackles. What does that tell you? I mean, clearly that right. entire team you can you can point to Tyreek Hill and 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 everybody else. At the end of the day, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't have five seconds to figure out what he's going to do, he's it, it, it's 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 Sandlot, and you're right. only so good at Sandlot ball. Hell, he didn't even have two. Yeah. And- <laughs> These prof- I mean, at the end of the day, these defensive players are professional athletes, and they can hold an offense for five seconds. They can hold any player on offense for five seconds off the ball. The quarterback's getting rushed out in, inside those five seconds. I mean, the, 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 the receivers have no separation. There's no I mean, if the you ball, remember so that the done. whole West like, Coast <laughs> offense but with Bill Walsh was designed because he had a quarterback that wasn't good, and he had an offensive line that wasn't good. He developed the entire West Coast offense around the idea that he needed to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands in less than three seconds, or they were not going to survive. And that's why you didn't see a lot of downfield play yep, until exactly. later on when they got uh, Jerry Rice on their team and they were able to make it work a little bit better. But they had, you know, it took them years to build that team up. And if you just don't have that offensive line, you're done. And let's look at it. The Rams, one of the best defensive lines in the game, it got them pretty deep into the playoffs without a decent offense to, to on yep. the other side of the ball. So, yeah, those yep. the trenches is where it's all made. It, everything's won and lost in the trenches for me. Yeah, and I can't wait to see the reaction of whatever team drafts Penny Sewell because my guess he's going very early and there's going to be a God, I hope it's the Bengals. There's going to be a lot of controversy of how come you didn't get this running back or this quarterback or this receiver? Why did you get this lineman here? That's how it is every year. Everyone always questions why these linemen go early, and they just don't understand that. Of course, like I'm going to go buy a Tyreek Hill jersey, Mahomes jersey, Derrick Henry jersey, but those teams are good because of the line they're behind. And Brett, we talked about this a couple podcasts ago about when you're just drafting or just playing DFS, you, you look at the, the offensive versus defensive line matchups because those point to what players are going to do well for running backs, quarterbacks, receivers. It's, it depends on the, the offensive line. If they're playing a bad defensive line, I mean that they're gonna oh, have a, they're gonna have a hell of a game, and that's like we just said. I wish, I mean, it gives us an advantage as fantasy players where we can look at that type of stuff and DFS players because it's so undervalued. I feel in the industry of just offensive line production, I don't think it's undervalued it's crazy on the to DFS me. side. But if you're if you play dynasty or even redraft fantasy football season long. And you also play DFS. I think you have a better insight into how those matchups play out. Sure. Yeah. Because I mean, it's, it's, yeah, you make a good point. Because if you have just any premium sites that you go on, they have the offensive line versus defensive lines uh, matchups, and they talk about that a lot. So, I mean, that's what I read when I want to make my lineup. So yeah, so that's a good point. But that's wow. We nailed it right on the head. We got forty-five seconds left in this podcast. Perfect timing. 
Brett, I appreciate you taking your time, freezing <laughs> your ass off in your RV to <laughs> sit hey, here I and bullshit with us for 45 pleasure. minutes. It was a lot of fun today. All right.